0: Have you ever come home from a long day just to find out that that meat you needed for your recipe has totally slipped your mind the last time you went to the grocery store? Well, with the help of ButcherBox, you might never have to deal with that problem ever again. With ButcherBox, you get the convenience of having high-quality meat and seafood delivered straight to your door. Not to mention the peace of mind you get to feel knowing that it's 100% grass-fed, free-range, and crate-free all humanely raised with no antibiotics or added hormones. Let ButcherBox help make your life even easier. No grocery store required. In addition to free shipping on every order, you get to curate your box plans, have access to member-exclusive deals, get recipe ideas and inspiration, as well as helpful tips. You really can't go wrong with ButcherBox. Sign up for ButcherBox today by going to butcherbox.com slash cup and use the code morning cup at checkout and enjoy your choice of bone in chicken thighs, top sirloins or salmon in every box for an entire year. Plus get $20 off. Again, that's butcherbox.com slash cup and use the code morning cup.
1: There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police at least arrived, like they found rocket. the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. A scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird Morning.
0: Cup of murder. While cold cases may be frustrating to some, they are fascinating to learn about. On February 19, 1971, the body of a young woman was found in Lake Penasovki, Florida, and while her case remains unsolved, there have been interesting leads in the case that may just lead to her identification. So, if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. On February 19, 1971, two teenage hitchhikers making their way down the long stretch of road that goes between Georgia and Florida on their way to Mardi Gras made a shocking discovery in Lake Panasofsky. When they glanced at the lake, they found a partially submerged body floating just beneath the highway overpass. The police were called and soon the fully clothed, badly decomposed body of a young female was pulled from the lake. She was a young girl who, unfortunately, had nothing on her person that would give any clues to her identification, nor could her fingerprints be taken and ran through any systems. And like that, the mystery of Little Miss Penasovsky was born. A mystery that, nearly 50 years later, remains one of the most enduring unsolved mysteries of the 20th century. She was wearing a green shirt, plaid green pants, and a green floral poncho with a white gold watch, gold necklace, and a ring that may have indicated she was married. There was also evidence that she bore two children before her death. She had dark hair, brown eyes, and a mouthful of teeth that received extensive dental work. A men's belt was found fastened around her neck, which was her cause of death, and a broken rib indicated that she was more than likely knelt on while being strangled. Forensic examinations determined that she had been dead for approximately 30 days, before her body was found. Photos of her face and clothing were taken for reconstruction, and six months after being found, she was buried in Wildwood, Florida with a metal marker reading, Jane Doe, and 1971, where she would remain until 1986, when she was exhumed for further examination and an updated reconstruction using new technologies." Despite this and the wide interest in the case, no next of kin came forward looking for a loved one matching her description, and despite a number of reconstructions. Further progress came in 2012 when a local detective working on the case decided to reach out to some experts, experts who were able to establish that she was of European descent, giving a new and very interesting theory as to how Little Miss Penasovsky ended up in Florida. Sumter County Sheriff's Office Detective Darren Norris read an article that year on forensic innovations that were being spearheaded by an anthropology professor at the University of South Florida, whose expertise had come in handy a number of times helping solve previously unsolvable cases, was brought the case and created the most complete photo of the now 41-year-old cold case victim. She was young, between 17 and 24 years old, and for the first time was drawn with the distinct features of a woman of European descent. Aaron was also able to determine that, due to the high-density strands in her bones called Harris Lines, it was likely that the young woman had endured some sort of childhood ailment that paused her growth, something like malnutrition. This was all brand new information for the Sumter County Sheriff's Office. Her remains were then sent off to a man named George Kaminoff at the Department of Geological Studies at the University of Florida, where he worked with isotopes to try and get some more information. And, not only did he confirm that she was from Europe originally, but that there was a good chance she grew up in Lavrion, a small fishing port just southeast of Athens, Greece, and had been living there until within a year of her murder. Now, while this seemed far-fetched for a woman from Greece to be in some random city in Florida, natives to the area knew that, not too far from the I-75 where she was found, was a large Greek community. Not only that, but within the time of her death was the holiday of Epiphany, a Greek holiday that saw a number of people traveling to the States to celebrate. Given this information, investigators figured that she was killed somewhere between Tarpon Springs and Newport Ritchie and dumped off the overpass. A private investigator was brought in to look at the murder alongside police. And, for a moment, a suspect who was arrested near the same area weeks before the body was found was looked into. A man who, according to reports, was almost run over by a patrol car when he crossed the I-75 within a mile from where the body was found. Unfortunately, the man was never seen again and disappeared for the connection between his arrest and the murder was made. In 2012, following the revelation about her Greek background, a crime show in Greece aired the story, resulting in a woman coming forward with a different lead to follow. According to her story, one of the earliest sketches looked like a woman she knew as Konstantina, who was in the United States as part of a student work exchange program. She said she and Constantina had gone to prep school together, where they trained to be domestic help, which is what brought her to the United States and possibly Florida. Investigators have attempted to track down Constantina and have failed to turn up any viable leads, meaning she very well may be Little Miss Panasovsky. But despite this lead and distributing 6,000 flyers in the Tarpon Springs Greek community, the true identity of Little Miss Panasofki remains unknown. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on February 2nd. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there is always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime-obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.